Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thanks for stopping by. Let's talk stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all let it grow together. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Let It Grow. Uh, Episode 15 will be coming to you Friday morning. Um, So we've had a pretty rough week out there as far as Monday is concerned, and we are bouncing back. It is a Wednesday afternoon, about 1230 as I record this, and uh, just kind of checking in on everything and still wanted to follow up with uh, some of the China news with Evergrande and uh, DraftKings news. We had some different changes uh, to a bunch of different stocks. Some of those upgrades that we saw on uh, Lucid are, are really doing well. SoFi is... Uh, kind of tearing the doors off here they're up what are we up 12 and a quarter percent uh right now uh, so that one's doing really well for us and uh some different news from uh uh win also so a couple different things that we wanted to get into um kind of making some notes as we go here so when um we're, we're still kind of in that uh, lull to know what's going on with uh, Macau and um, when, if they're going to renew that uh, gaming license. And there's a lot of talk out there that they will renew it, but this is kind of a negotiating tactic from Macau to basically say, oh, hey, you know, we're not going to renew it. But, you know, a lot of it seems like it's a negotiation uh, tactic to get. Uh, a better position for Macau and I guess probably to get more revenue out of Win. So I think it's about 55 to 60% of Win's revenue comes from the Macau market. Um, so it is a, a big factor into um, Win as a company. And, you know, they've, they've got the great properties in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, so hopefully if that were to fall through, you know, hopefully we could maybe pick this one up in the high 60s, low 70s. But uh, I really don't think that it's going to fall through. So I, I have been buying. I, I mentioned that last time. Um, I don't have a ton in this one. As I, as I mentioned, it's more of a swing trade for me. Um, something that would make me hold win a little bit longer is that they uh, reinstate that dividend and we get some kind of... Um, some kind of announcement on this Macau uh, property. Cause like I said, so much of that revenue comes from that market. So, you know, going forward, that's, that's some things that would take this from a swing trade for me to a long-term position. Um, but right now I'm, I'm just trying to kind of play some, some downturn in, uh, in the name and these catalysts are pushing it further down. I, I want to try to get that bottom price. And then ride the wave up as it comes back. Um, and then uh, Lucid, you know, we had that EPA announcement. I think we talked about last time um, that they have the highest mileage uh, range on an EV right now than the Lucid Air. Uh, you know, and I did watch uh, some couple a couple videos on YouTube with the CEO and a couple different car reviews as to the, uh, the progress that they're making. And, you know, I guess some of that stuff was kind of interesting. Um, 
you know, I don't know if anyone knows it, but the CEO was a designer of the Model S Tesla. So, you know, he's got quite a good background in EVs and uh, hopefully they can they can do something and they'll really be a uh, competitor to Tesla. And, you know, hopefully both of them will will move on up in, in the market and kind of solidify their position. But, uh, you know, right now we're at 2590 on Lucid. And I think just last week, I'm going to go ahead and look at the five day chart here. Um, where are we at? Yeah, last uh, on the 16th, we were at 2089. So, you know, we're up 20% north of 20% in five days. So uh, definitely a good turnaround. And it's it just kind of goes to show you what one announcement uh, from the EPA can do to kind of um, move a move a stock uh, that is smaller. Um, where if Tesla were to get this type of announcement, oh, that they had the highest uh, mileage range on the the new Model S, that news really wouldn't have done anything for Tesla. I don't think it's not going to take them up twenty percent. It might bump them up a little bit in the interim, but it's not going to do as much because Tesla's kind of already got that that namesake and that brand built. Where Lucid is kind of coming out of the ashes, more or less. Um, and they're trying to solidify that position. So that news means more to them than it would to a Tesla. So, you know, they're also more volatile because they are smaller. Um, so that's that's one more thing we can take a look at in, uh, in Lucid. And uh, which other one did we talk about? Um, oh, DraftKings. The, uh, the DraftKings news was that they were buying uh, Entane, which I believe MGM had a, has a position. MGM had tried to buy them earlier this year, I believe. And uh, I guess the offer was just too low and it got rejected. So now DraftKings is coming in to buy Entane, this uh, UK uh, gaming company. I think they own uh, Party Poker and uh, Coral. Um, so a couple different uh, gambling platforms in the UK. And, um, you know, they're looking to expand that, that base, but, um, DraftKings is valued their market cap. When we, when we're valuing a company, we're not looking directly at the share price as many people will think. And that, you know, doesn't often determine the size or the, uh, the market cap of a company just by the stock price. But when we're looking at DraftKings, uh, they're worth 21.3 billion right now. Um, and they are offering $20 billion to buy Entane. So this isn't going to be an all cash deal. Um, so there's going to probably be some, some, uh, stock that's given in, uh, in lieu of cash for purchasing the company. So this is going to bring the dilution, uh, in on the shares that we do hold. Uh, I think long-term, you know, them acquiring another name, is certainly going to be a good thing. Uh, going to definitely extend that reach, you know, maybe get into the European uh, football soccer market. And uh, hopefully we can, they can do more with it. You know, there have been a couple uh, price targets as of recently that I'm looking at right now that I had not known. Um, you know, one was actually today. Needham came out with the $73 price target and Loop Capital with 105 on uh on DraftKings. So they're up a hundred percent from here because we're we're at 5280 right now. So that is a big upside on uh, on DraftKings. Uh even if it got to 73, I'd be happy. You know, 105 would be fantastic. So we'll we'll see where we go from here. They are in this 
you know, position to where, you know, they, they are going to dilute these shares a little bit with just the amount that is going to be out there. Um, so we, we definitely have to take that into consideration. Uh, I have been buying a couple as it kind of inched down here. So hopefully we can um, start seeing some headwind, get some announcements and, uh, and start making ground up from here. Um, we'll, we'll definitely kind of know something in the next few weeks, I would assume, as we, we get more details on what's going on. And, uh, you know, I guess we'll see where we go. But right now I'm buying. I'm, I'm definitely bullish. I think this company is going to be uh, a leader, certainly here, but also abroad if this deal goes through. So it, it definitely opens up more possibilities for them. But, uh, you know, I did want to talk about uh, how I do a bit of my research and uh, kind of what I go through to um, see if a company is going to be something that I want to be in long term and uh, just basically what I do in order to, you know, kind of get pick a name and see if it's a good pick and, and go through my process as to what I do when I'm uh, looking at different names. So uh, we've talked about this before, but I use the stock screener on E-Trade. Um, you know, you can put in different criteria. If it pays a dividend, the uh, the compound average growth rate, the CAGR, the CAGR. Um, you can search by uh, the PE ratio or the beta, beta being how uh, risky a company is. If it's one, it's average. If it's below one, it's less risky. If it's above one, it's more risky. So, you know, you can look at those numbers, see if it fits your needs. Uh, you can certainly look out the, at the dividend payout. Um, you know, if you've got something that's, you know, very high payout ratio to where all their profits going back into the dividend, that might not be sustainable unless it's a, uh, a real estate investment trust where uh, by law, they have to pay out a high percentage of their profit in order to be uh, considered a REIT and, you know, just some different things there. Um, I also like to look at the coverage of that dividend. If they have enough money on hand to uh, pay this dividend multiple times over, it certainly lets you know that the dividend's a little bit safer if you're investing for a dividend. Uh, so that's definitely helpful to know where they stand as a dividend paying company. And um, what else do we look at here? Um, I often do look at the dividend yield versus the history. So on a name... Um, Let's let's pick one here. You know, you can you can look at what it's paying now versus the average over uh, the past. So your your dividend yield, the generally speaking, the the dividend is the same, but the price of the stock will go up or down, and that will uh, affect the yield, the percentage that you're getting paid for the amount that you're putting in. So when we're looking at um, let's let's just find one here go through my my portfolio. Okay, here's one. BX, uh, Blackstone, which is... Um, Google's trying to talk to me here on my phone. Um, when I'm looking at that, my cost basis is $34. Um, so my dividend yield is going to be quite a bit higher than what the current price is because the uh, the current stock price of it is 126. So I own it at 34, it's 126. 
I'm up 264% on this name. Um, so when you're looking at it, you know, it'll say that the dividend yield is 2.37%, but that's based on the $126 share price. So you would just divide the the dividend payment by the uh, the cost of the stock to get your, your actual yield. Um, so mine would be probably roughly triple. So I'd probably be uh, around what, six, almost 7% dividend yield on my shares that I own uh, at 34. But if I bought it today, it would be 2.37%. It's the same, same dividend payout, but the yield would be different. So as those numbers change over time, um, you know, you, you're going to have that different uh, payout ratio. So if right now it's 2.37%, but it historically pays you 3%, maybe you want to wait for it to come back down a little bit to reality to where you get 3% yield versus the fact that right now it's paying 2.37%, which might be a little bit easier if you're if you're looking at Blackstone or or any other name to follow along. To that that stock price will determine what the yield is, and most times the the dividend isn't going to change. I mean, it, it does change, but less frequently than the yield. The yield is going to move with the stock price um, as well as the dividend. But when that stock price fluctuates, the div the yield will change based on that price. So that's something something you can certainly use to see if that. Uh, the price is more in line with it, its historical value. And, you know, if, if you really want something that's going to yield, you know, say 3%, you could certainly, you know, filter out by that on your stock screener. Or you could just say, hey, look, I want to be in uh, Johnson & Johnson and it's paying 2.5%, but historically it pays me 3%. So I'm going to wait for the value to come back down to where I lock in that dividend yield percentage. Because that yield percentage, once you buy in, unless they cut the dividend itself, it's not going to change. So you lock in your 3%, like I locked in my percentage on Blackstone, but now that the, the price of the shares went up. So my yield on invested capital is a good bit higher because I bought it so much lower. So it just kind of kind of flows with the, the share price. But that historical value will give you a knowledge as to where it historically trades. Um, so that that's one more thing that we do. And then um, what else did I have here? I made some little notes as I was out working. Um, I do look at uh, like tip ranks. I do look at the analysts. I'll look at Reuters on E-Trade. Uh, E-Trade has a bunch of different uh, analyst reports. When I um, click on any individual name, it'll come up with um, the, the different... Uh, analysts and, and what they think of them. And, um, that'll certainly help. And, you know, I also look at the, uh, the cash flows of the company, how much they're bringing in, how much they're paying out their debt to equity, which I wanted to talk about also in that, uh, the China Evergrande, uh, situation that they're facing right now. And, you know, we, we kind of went over a little bit, of everything else. One more thing I did want to mention was uh, setting up like Google alerts to where you'll get alerted on your on your phone or either through emails of, you know, say you're watching Tesla. You can go into Google.com slash alerts. Uh, 
and you can go ahead and set up different alerts from main news outlets if something happens to Tesla. Um, so say that, uh, you know, Reuters comes out with something or Barron's comes out with something. You can type in Tesla, EV, and put all these different keywords in. So when something comes up that fits those alerts, it'll send you a notification saying, hey, look, this is happening. Tesla, you know, had a problem or they did something great. And then you'll be up to date with that news. Because sometimes, I, I mean, the, the news will come out quicker than, uh, quicker than we sometimes catch on to it. And, you know, the, the price will be changing, you know, very drastically in the course of a day. Um, sorry, another phone interruption here. Um, but yeah, the, those alerts will certainly help you know whether the, uh, the company's got something going on or if it's trading on fear in another portion of the market, you know, like sometimes, um, you know, cat was brought way down this week with that Chinese news. But, you know, if you had a, an alert set up that says uh, real estate development or any kind of major market news that's, um, say, mining or anything like that, you would probably get that alert come to your phone um, based on what you're, what you're looking to buy or any kind of industrial news that you were looking to set up for. So that'll certainly help you. Be up to date on the news that's coming out in the market as it comes out rather than getting it a couple days later. All right. So before we get into everything uh, else I had on this uh, on my mind for this episode, I did want to say thank you. Um, you know, I really do appreciate everyone uh, tuning in, checking it out. I ho hopefully we're bringing some some good knowledge and I feel like I'm doing a, a good bit more research, uh, to stay up to date with everything and to bring you guys, uh, a little bit more knowledge on, on, uh, what's going on in the market. And it's keeping me uh, a little bit more up to speed with everything as well. So I definitely appreciate you stopping by. Um, please continue to like, and share it. It does help the, the growth of the podcast immensely. And, uh, you know, if you do want to support the channel and, and make this more of a a full-time thing, you know, I, I do see it growing and I, I do definitely appreciate the support. Um, but, uh, you know, so we were, uh, one, one other thing I did want to mention in uh, way of the way that I do research, um, you know, a lot of my time is spent out in the field doing work um, with a, a headset on. I, I've got a pretty awesome Sony headset, which uh, is, is full noise canceling so I can run equipment and listen to everything. And, you know, it really does help me stay up to date on, uh, listening to the news. I'll, I'll either listen through, uh, Sirius XM, uh, or I will listen to a lot of different podcasts myself throughout the day. Sometimes I can't listen at night. So I, I will listen to like the CNBC or Fox business or any of the different, uh, productions throughout the day that I don't really get to tune into. I'll often listen throughout the, the day, the, the following day, whenever they post them. Um, so that is a, a different way for me to uh, stay up to speed with what's going on. And it could certainly be something that helps you out too. If you have that time or, you know, if you have a long ride or whatever it may be, that, that certainly has done a lot for me to where I'm not just listening to the same music every day, but I'm listening to something that helps me out. Uh, get a little bit smarter on what's going on and, and stay up to date. Um, you know, I did have 
a uh, a surgery last fall that uh, I was kind of you know resting for a couple weeks after, and I really got into uh, watching some of the YouTube financial videos, uh, which are great. But I mean, for me, throughout my day, um, they're really not as easy to access because I can't have my eyes off of what I'm doing for a long time. So I'll, I'll download the podcast and, and let them go. Um, when I do have more downtime, I will watch a lot of the YouTube um, videos of people that I, I do um, appreciate their input. A lot of them are just kind of talking heads, you know, just repeating the same thing that someone else already said. Uh, and some of my stuff is, is information that I get from a number of different sources, but I, I do feel like I try to weed through some of the stuff that's not so beneficial, but anyhow, uh, so that's also something that works well for me. But, um, you know, we, do, I did have a couple questions here and, you know, I've said before, I'm not a, any kind of tax specialist or, uh, anything like that, but, uh, someone asked me about opening multiple IRAs and, uh, I did want to say that, you know, it, it can be done, but you are capped out with, um, how much you can contribute to these based on, uh, different IRS laws. Uh, I didn't really find too much benefit to do it. Um, so, but if you had an existing IRA and then you say you started your own company, you could have those, you just have to, or, or if you start your own company and you have a, a SEP IRA, you could have two, you could roll the traditional into a, a, a SEP. Um, but you would have those contribute contribution limits as to what you could be putting in based on either IRS guidelines or if in the way of a SEP, it would be by your um, your income and where that would cap out on the IRS also. So if it's something you are faced, you can certainly talk to a, a tax professional. That is not me. This is not tax advice. It's just kind of something that was asked uh, that I just wanted to bring up because I wasn't too certain myself as I don't have two IRAs. And, uh, you know, that was that was one thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, had another question on Facebook about uh, some of the marijuana stocks and where they're going and kind of the, you know, I, I feel like it's kind of like some of the EVs last year, um, the electric vehicle names. It seems like um, last fall, the uh, the EV stocks were just, you, you couldn't go wrong. Everything was going through the roof, you know, I mean, even Lucid pre, pre-SPAC merger, CCIV, went up into the forties and fifties. And I mean, I, I might even have that wrong. It might've hit 60, but, uh, I'm not even sure I can pull it up if, if CCIV is not listed or if lucid doesn't have pre-merger numbers. Uh, yeah, it, it spiked up to 6486. And, you know, then we came back down to reality after the merger, but I kind of feel like the marijuana stocks kind of did some of the same stuff. Um, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of new companies and it seemed like everything with, uh, you know, the, the U S presidential election kind of brought these names up all at once. Cause EV and, you know, they thought legalization of marijuana was going to be a thing with, uh, a Democrat president. So all these names that traded kind of on those news headlines seemed like you couldn't lose with these. And, and now they've kind of realized that, you know, we have a Democrat, but not, not much has changed in the way of, uh, these different topics. So they've kind of come back down to reality. So 
yeah, you know, I guess as far as that goes, I, I'm still long on a couple of them, as I've said before. Uh, Altria, which is more of a cigarette uh, wine company, I do see them being in that space when it does get legalized. I think they could certainly uh, transition well into that space. Um, I've talked about Planet 13, PLNHF. Um, I'll be going out uh, to Vegas next month. So I will, I do plan to stop in the store to see what's going on, uh, see how uh, I've, I've never been to the, to the store myself. Um, I have watched a bunch of videos of people that have and people that are invested there. And that store is apparently like right off the strip. So it, it gets a lot more foot traffic. Uh, the one in California hasn't been doing as well. And hopefully the one in Texas, when they get that up and running, is in a bit better of a location. I think I mentioned that before. Um, but one name that I did want to bring up that has had a big pullback that is not specifically a uh, a marijuana play, but they do have a, I think they're doing more in the way of like uh, home grow operations is uh, SMG, Scott's Miracle Grow. Um you know, and this one just kind of came up, you know, in the, in the landscape field, I've, I've seen it, I've heard about it. It's kind of, kind of been on my radar. Um, this one has had a, a beating lately and they went from a high, where are we at? High price this year was 254 down to a low, uh, just this Monday, it was a 139 they're currently trading at 146. They do pay a dividend, you know, it's 1.8%, so a little bit under that S&P 500 average. Uh a price earnings of 1471, which is low, beta of 1, so it's not as risky. And at this price point, um they did have some uh price targets come out. One last week was a $200 uh, price target and one at the beginning of the month was 257. And, you know, I mean, it, it has an average upside price target of 219. So that represents a 50.27% upside. Uh, they do have a lot in the, the home gardening and things like that, where I do feel like some people have uh, started their home gardens you know, Scott's Miracle Grow hopefully can transition into some of these hydroponic plays with home grow operations, and uh, even people just wanting to have that garden at home when uh, food problems kind of arose early last year. So hopefully this could be a good play. I don't have anything in it. It has been on my radar. Um, you know, but as I said, I wanted to kind of answer one of those questions that I had on Facebook something that I saw that could be a potential play that isn't specifically in any one field. They have more arms out, um, you know, so it, it's just a name that kind of crossed, crossed me when I was looking. It does have a, that big upside. It has a dividend. They're a long-term company. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely something to watch there. Um, a lot of things this week are, are still pretty tough to say, hey, we're out of the woods. I don't think we are. I think there hasn't been any kind of real positive catalyst. I think there's just been people buying these dips because there's a lot of money out there. And 
you know, a two, three, 4% drop on some of these names has been enough to, for people to rush back in. I, I don't think we're out of the woods though. I think we, we still have a couple weeks before these names are really going to find a bottom and we're really going to see a, a, a real rally. I think we're, we're just kind of filling some of the gaps on the way down. And I mean, that's a good sign to see that there's still active buyers out there, but we really haven't had any, any truthful reason to go back up. So when we, when we see that, I, I do think that that downside risk is still there. You know, hopefully I think it's the 13th of October. We get some more CPI data, the consumer product index. Um, so to know where uh, inflation numbers are and to kind of get a feel as to what's going on out there. And if, if we can get some of these news events, uh, I know we had talked about FedEx and I know they reported and I'm sorry, I don't have that information, but I'll pull that up real quick. So if we can get some of these positive uh, news items out there, you know, oh, I'm looking now at FedEx apparently missed. They are down eight and a half percent. So that one might hurt. We'll have to see what that means. Uh, I know I heard something on the radio earlier about uh, them not making enough money. They weren't really passing on the customer. The price increases on to customers. Uh, this thing that I'm reading on uh, E-Trade here, who's this from? It is from Reuters saying that their uh, FedEx falls on profit drop forecast cut. So that definitely is going to hurt investors split over feds taper plans. We'll get that announcement later this week. I don't think we're going to get a taper yet on those interest rates. I think we're probably going to wait uh, probably a couple months and then hopefully maybe in November, we'll get some better idea as to what's going on. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, a forecast cut from FedEx definitely is, kind of worrisome as to why they aren't doing that great right now. Uh, it seems like everything's order online. And I think just with the amount of shortages and all, we, we could be seeing some problems with supply chain and then, you know, things not making it out of China right now. It seems like a lot of the, the shipments have been delayed seven, eight days in a port sitting in China. And, and that kind of brings me to my next point is, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying the holiday season is going to come early this year in the way of purchasing. So if things aren't available now um, and, you know, if they're not going to be made available uh, before the holidays, it could be a sale denied uh, where, you know, something like a PlayStation 5, you know, last year they were really hard to get. And it's that one might be a sale deferred to where someone's still going to go out and buy their PlayStation five. Although it might not be for, for Christmas, it might be, you know, quarter one 22. So, but a sale denied being, you know, some of these consumer items that we'll just find something else to buy in lieu of this name or this product, we're going to, we're going to run out and buy something different. So, you know, if you're buying headphones, you might not buy this one pair, but you're going to buy the next one that, might be available. So these products um, in these names are, are the ones that I'm looking for more of that one that's going to be the sale deferred. So you know that if they if we don't buy it now, we're still going to buy it. But it might be at a later date. Versus, you know, like right now at uh, at a restaurant, if they close down, we're going to go eat somewhere else. 
versus uh, you know go hungry until you know Olive Garden open backs up, opens back up. So you know you, you certainly want to look at those names that you're going to get. It's just going to be a time time frame thing. So um, that certainly comes into play with picking stocks as well. And the names that are are uh, going to be that stickier brand you you probably want to look at those names where people are going to have that line around the building when whenever anything comes out uh you know like the apple products the playstations uh like the the vehicles that are people are waiting on the you know from tesla cars that people know that they're gonna make an order and it's gonna be in in two months or even the super duty ford trucks that people have to have to run their business these are the sales that are going to be deferred they're going to be purchased it's just going to be at a later point in time so those those names might be a good pick um and you know i I definitely see some upside for those companies and even ford being down in the uh in the 12 i think we're around 12 right now could certainly be a name that i we're up 3.7 percent today at 13 and a quarter but we were in the 12 dollar range um, those names could be something to play on these dips as we're um, fighting some of this China news and having some of these problems out there. Um, look for the, the companies that you're still going to go out to buy. Look at the companies that are not going to be so heavily in China um, as those numbers you know, might fall off. Uh, things that are, are going to have a backlog of, of orders could certainly do well. Like I said, Ford, Apple, uh, even Boeing, uh, which has been a rocky one also, but you know, the, the names that have that backlog that have a product that people need and they're going to wait around for it. Uh, some of the medical names come into mind as well. You know, people might've postponed a surgery, but they're going to get that surgery when they can, or when the, the products become available. Uh, so take a look at those names, but uh, I also wanted to, to wrap up on some of this Chinese news with the Evergrande uh, crisis that's kind of going on. I did uh, find some news that uh, Evergrande is supposed to be paying this uh, scheduled payment tomorrow, uh, which when this comes out, it'll be yesterday. They're supposed to be paying this interest payment um, that is due this month, and I think it is... Uh, it's 5.8%. So I believe it was 36 million or and China pumped 14 billion into cash into the market into the Evergrande crisis. So it's just a matter of where that money's coming from. Oh yeah, it's a 83.5 million dollar bond payment due tomorrow. As I said, it's going to be yesterday when you um, get this podcast, but it also has another 47.5 million payment due on the 29th for these March, 2024 notes. Uh, so we're not too sure, or I'm not too sure at this point where that money's coming from, if it's just China bailing them out and then what that's going to mean. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to specifically bail them out to, to help the investors. I, I think they'd rather let them fall than, uh, support the stock market. I feel like the, the Chinese real estate market is just too large to, to ignore. And as a country, they kind of need that uh, to keep going. So they're going to kind of push it down the road enough to 
keep this company going. As I said, there's $300 billion worth of loans that they um, owe on that they could possibly default on. And they only have 200 and some million in, uh, in assets. But these assets are not cash. They're illiquid. It's all real estate. So they are trying to possibly sell some of this real estate, but it's not fully developed. And it's kind of pennies on the dollar that they would be able to get for some of these properties. So they, they have the, the assets, but it's just not as, as fruitful as what it shows on paper at this point. So hopefully, hopefully the, the, I guess the country can step in, the Chinese government can step in and help smooth out some of these, um, these downturns for Evergrande. Uh, as I said, you know, they're, they're in a tight spot. They are going to have severe problems with this default risk, and that can certainly roll over into uh, a lot of other Chinese companies and even, you know, the companies that we have here that operate on uh, a lot of money coming out of China. I mean, I know just off the top of my head, Tesla, 40% of their sales come out of China and uh, Caterpillar. They, they don't break down their actual Chinese numbers, but their Asia Pacific market is 25% of their uh, company. So that does strongly affect the, uh, the performance of those names. So it does have a lot of play over. There are a lot of things that uh, if, if they don't pay on these, you know, the banks here that, that cover those loans can certainly be hurt. Um, I've even heard of uh, some of the commercial backing for uh, some of the cryptos, Tether in specific was there, there might be some commercial paper that backs Tether. So if they default on these uh, loans and they don't have the money, it, it, there's a lot of the fear in the crypto space as to if Tether is really a stable coin or if they are just heavy, heavily leveraged to this money that's out there being backed by things that aren't as uh, highly rated as what we think they are. So hopefully that's not the case because I think a, a fall in Tether could certainly hurt the crypto market and uh, definitely hurt the, the, uh, the rest of the world rather than just China specifically. But hopefully we uh, get some of that help from the Chinese government to kind of bail them out. I do think that the Chinese government will then take a lot of equity stake or own part of the company, which, you know, might not be the best situation, but uh, uh, it might be the lesser of two evils rather than having Evergrande default on this $300 billion. Um, you know, in comparison, the Archegos scandal was, was 2.8 billion. And that's only, you know, a percent of what's going on in this Evergrande scandal. So it definitely is a big deal. You know, I, as more information comes out, I will certainly try to keep you guys updated. Um, one more thing, I, I did notice that some of the people that are listening to the podcast might not necessarily be on the Facebook group. Uh, so there is a Let It Grow Investing podcast Facebook group as well. So if you want to follow along on there, I try to do some of the updates that are a little bit more... Uh, pertinent or, or newsworthy right off the bat. I'll try to share them on the group. And, uh, you know, if you want to follow us on there, that'd be great. And uh, please make sure to 
like, subscribe, and share. If you want to support, I'd certainly appreciate it. So if I could do this every day and give you guys a little bit more up-to-the-minute news as it comes out and I can uh, get a couple more episodes a week, I would certainly like to do that. But, uh, you know, it takes time and certainly takes uh, some research on my end. But uh, if you want to support, there's a link on the anchor.fm slash let it grow. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, We will try to keep buying these dips as they come our way. And I will see you in the next one. Take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.